This is the Primal Ryan Podcast, and I'm Ryan Parnum, and I am passionate about helping average, everyday adults achieve great health. The ideas, opinions, and topics discussed in this podcast are mine and my own. None of what I say constitutes as medical advice. Please get clearance from your medical provider before embarking on any sort of nutritional or exercise program. What's up, everybody? Ryan Parnum here with the Primal Ryan Podcast. And last week, if you listened to my podcast episode where I talked about uh, what do I eat, I went over kind of like my day-to-day sort of usual food intake. Um, And just as important, this week I'm going to talk about what I don't eat. Um, to kind of, you know, explain the foods that I, you know, sometimes avoid and foods that I pretty much always avoid. So, um, let's dive into this. So now when I, the things that I I avoid most of the time means that on a day-to-day basis, I do not eat these. Although on rare occasions as part of my flex meal, which some people call a cheat meal, I call it a flex meal, I may have this on occasion, these things on occasion. So um, on a day-to-day basis, like I talked about last week, I focus on my protein plus produce, okay? So what do I avoid on a regular basis? I avoid grains, all right? So um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, especially when it comes to health and nutrition and that, but grains really aren't as good for you as some people, some institution would want you to believe. They're really, um, they're not as nutrient dense as other foods, you know, because I talked about the importance of nutrient density, like, you know, meat and, and produce typically is the most nutrient dense foods, um, so I avoid grains because they uh low nutrient density. Um, so you're not getting much value with them. They're low in protein. They tend to be high in carbs. And most of the grains like, you know, breads, pastas, pastries, and all that stuff, basically it's absorbed into your body like sugar. And then on top of that, there's a lot of... um potentially problematic proteins in grains. Now, when I say problematic proteins, I'm not talking about proteins like the good kind of proteins, like the amino acids that build our bodies, but other types of um, proteins found in, uh, you know, uniquely to grains, like one of the most common ones is like gluten, for example. And there's a lot of other proteins similar to gluten found in grains. And these can be potentially problematic for a lot of people and um you know whether that's uh, people who have full out you know gluten intolerance the celiac disease people but i think there's a lot of people who have um sensitivity to various proteins um found in you know bread and wheat products that manifest in different ways uh, maybe from eczema to you know runny nose brain fog stuff like that because there's a lot of anecdote out there a lot of this stuff is it's tough to prove it like scientifically because it's, like with nutrition it's really really hard to prove stuff with like there's just no randomized controlled trials where you can control for all this stuff but i think anecdote and personal experience is very very 
powerful. Um, there's a lot of people that report, you know, significant improvements in health, uh, you know, curing or almost curing all those things I mentioned, and include, include, which also can include like migraine headaches and, you know, lots of other different stuff. So for me, I cut out grains on a day-to-day basis, uh, particularly like gluten containing grains. I cut those out probably around 2011 or 12, somewhere right around there, maybe 2010. So I was, you know, roughly 30, early 30s for me. And what I noticed with that was that I, I leaned out more than I was able to before. And I my my eczema which i used to get intermittently completely resolved and my seasonal allergies completely resolved and i've had none of that stuff since so it's anecdote i don't have any way to 100 percent prove that but i'm gonna go along with it because it's it's worked well for me so um so the gluten containing grains you know the breads the pastas the bagels all that kind of stuff um you know I'm not saying you can't eat it, but I think you're better off without it. Plus, most of that stuff is very, very, very highly, highly processed. Like if you go to like, I don't know, like Europe and stuff, like those breads and stuff a lot oftentimes are made very, very fresh there with minimal ingredients. So if you buy a standard loaf of bread at Walmart, look at the ingredients. It's a mile long. So um, I, I just... I just tend to to think that that's probably not not the best thing for us. I try to stick to things that are basically like one ingredient or if there's multiple ingredients, you know, like under five ingredients and they're all natural stuff. So I just think that's a overall a good rule of thumb. So along with the grains comes things like 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 pizza. Um, I, I avoid that on a on a day to day basis and other, you know, grain-based foods like that. I don't eat sandwiches and bread, anything like that. I don't eat that on a day-to-day basis. Now, do I never eat that stuff? And the answer to that is no. On occasion, I will have that stuff depending on the situation, depending if it's a flex meal. There's a really good um, coffee uh, restaurant place here in downtown Peoria that's fairly new. It's been there for a couple of years called Ardor, and they like bake their own bread and they they source really great ingredients and i will go there and i will have their sourdough bread and i will eat it and i will enjoy it i will on occasion on a friday night or saturday night uh the wife and kids want pizza we'll order pizza and i'll eat it um stuff like that you know like but it's on a it's very rare and um you know, I don't make it part of my day-to-day eating. It's like I said, you know, I build in one to two flex meals a week. That's what I have my clients do, one to two flex meals a week. And maybe that will include, um, you know, uh, grains of some sort, whether that's, you know, pizza or bread or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'd always encourage people to just take note of how you feel if you decide to cut those out or if you decide to add those into your diet once in a while. Um, about the only like grains that I really don't have a problem with is, is primarily like, uh, rice, for example. Um, you know, there's no gluten in rice. There's typically no problematic proteins in, in rice. It's pretty well tolerated by most people. So I do eat rice on a fairly regular basis. I don't have any problem with it for people who are active and relatively lean and working out like rice can be a great addition um, and then the other grain that's kind of a gray area would be oatmeal. I don't eat, I've been through periods of time where I would eat oatmeal, but 
I really don't see much benefit to it. It gets touted as this great health food. It's really not. We think about oatmeal like it's gross by itself. It's like eating just mush, right? So you have to add crap to it, like whatever, sugar, brown sugar, honey. You know, there's a reason all those oatmeals you buy in the store in the boxes or whatever, they're already, you know, they're maple uh, brown sugar, strawberries and cream or whatever, you know, because oatmeal by itself is just not that good and it gets touted like it lowers cholesterol and all this stuff and that's all just marketing crap it doesn't lower cholesterol give me a break and with 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 oatmeal there's no gluten in oatmeal naturally in oats there's no gluten but there's other proteins in there that can be problematic for some people so you know pound for pound or ounce for ounce or gram for gram like oatmeal is just not that just not that healthy there's other stuff i'd rather eat give me you know four uh four eggs and a bowl of blueberries and some greek yogurt that's like an a plus breakfast you know i'd call an oatmeal like a a b b minus or something like that i don't know um some people love their oatmeal so i mean it's not the worst thing in the world as long as you're not adding gobs of sugar and junk to it so other things i don't eat on a regular basis would be desserts um such as ice cream uh and stuff like that so by, by desserts, I'm talking like homemade desserts. I love homemade desserts, okay? I don't eat them on a regular basis for obvious reasons. So that's where I build it into my my lifestyle accordingly. So, you know, I look forward to holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, stuff like that, because there's going to be homemade pie there, for example. Like I love pumpkin pie, I love coconut cream pie, those sorts of things. And I will eat those on whatever holidays that my wife or another family member has made those homemade desserts and I will enjoy it and move on. But on a day-to-day basis, I don't eat that stuff. And I love, I love ice cream. I absolutely love ice cream. Like just, I'm kind of boring. I like, like vanilla bean ice cream. Love that. You know, for, you know, up to me or whatever, I would eat a bowl of it every night. I could probably get away with eating a bowl of it every night. It probably wouldn't affect me in any way, but I just choose not to because it's not, um, it's not helping my body any. So, um, but I don't completely cut it out of my life forever. You know, like I eat it on occasion as a flex meal. If we're on vacation, um, there's a, uh, we vacation in Siesta Key uh, in Florida, Siesta Key Beach frequently. And there's a ice cream place called Big Olaf's and they've got this awesome, I love like coconut ice cream and they've got this amazing coconut ice cream. And if we're down there for a week, I may get it three different times while we're down there. And you know what? I don't care. It's vacation. It is what it is. I don't go completely off the wall when I'm on vacation, but if I want to have dessert three times in a week, I'll have it. But on my day-to-day, you know, you know, grind at home and work and all that kind of stuff, I do not eat dessert on a day-to-day basis. If I have I don't have a sweet tooth, you know, but if I'm feeling like I need to have a dessert, then I'll partially thaw some frozen blueberries and squirt a little, you know, like cool whip stuff on top of it or something like that. And that satisfies it. Or I'll have a piece of dark chocolate or something like that. But um, so, yeah, so those are things, the grains and those desserts are things I do not eat on a day-to-day basis, but I will occasionally indulge in. All right. I've also got a list of foods that I never eat. So it doesn't matter what is going on. I'm never going to eat this stuff. Um, you know, if I was, you know, stranded on a on a deserted island and this stuff was available, that's about the only time I would probably eat it. Otherwise, I'm not having any of this stuff. So um, 
in no particular order, uh, snack foods, like the highly processed snack foods. So I'm talking like potato chips, pretzels, Cheez-Its, goldfish, stuff like that, you know. That's, that's stuff toddlers eat, you know, and, and, and maybe kids or teenagers, you know, but no adults should be eating that stuff. And I have zero, zero desire to ever eat that stuff unless I was like literally starving or something. Um, it's just, I mean, once again, zero health benefits. I don't particularly like the taste of any of that stuff either. It's so, most of it's so highly, highly processed and that stuff is designed so you can't just eat a little bit of it, right? It it over overrides our built-in mechanisms um, of satiation, right? There isn't this stuff does not fill you up. So, like take potato chips for example, um, you get like uh, you get you get salty plus fat with zero fiber. So like that's why I think it's the Lay's commercial used to say no one can eat just one, right? Because you start eating that stuff and you just devour the entire um, uh, bag of it. So or in other sort of like I can't think of an, an example, but um, highly processed foods where they, they they layer in like like lots of sugar, lots of fat, um, and sometimes some salt you know, that sort of thing, like, like that doesn't occur naturally anywhere in nature. So our bodies taste this stuff. They don't really know, it doesn't really know what to do with it. It just sees it as a really like dopamine hit and lots of calories. And you just want to keep eating it and eating it. So I don't eat any highly processed snack foods or anything like that. Um, I also don't eat like candy, like pure sugar candy, you know, whether it's Skittles or, um, I don't know, Snickers bars or, um, you know, licorice or anything like that. I, nothing, I never have any of that stuff. That stuff does not tempt me. It's garbage. It's just pure sugar. And once again, you're, it's hard to stop eating it once you, once you start eating it. Um, so I 100% avoid that stuff pretty much all the time. Um, I just don't have any place for it in, in my life. So like if I'm going to have a dessert, it's going to be something very like rich and somewhat, I don't know, somewhat filling like ice cream or pie or pumpkin pie or something like that. I have no desire to eat a bag of like Skittles or whatever, you know, a handful of peanut M&Ms. I can do that. That's not bad. Um, I mean, it's, it's not good, but it's not, you know, you get the peanuts, I guess, help fill you up a little bit or whatever, but um, if I'm going to have a candy, it's going to be like a high quality dark chocolate that's 70% uh, uh, cacao or, or higher, you know. So, um, so like really, really dark chocolate, you can't eat that much of it. It's kind of bitter and um, you can have a piece or two. So, and it's actually, there's probably some potential health benefits to it. So, but yeah, no pure sugar candy for me. You know, the kids, when they were little and they'd come home with a bag of Halloween candy, zero desire to eat any of it. I didn't touch the stuff. You know, even when I was a kid, like my, uh, um, I would never finish my Halloween candy. It was just sitting in the bag, uh, you know, underneath my bed or whatever. So anyways, never been much of a, uh, a sugar person. The other thing I avoid on, you know, this is going along with the sugar thing is like full sugared soda. Like I can't even tell you the last time I've had uh, soda that was, had sugar in it. I mean, it's probably been 
20 years. I, I don't even know. Um, you know, I do, I do do the occasional like diet soda, um, which may come as a shock to you. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's no evidence that exists that drinking diet soda or Coke Zero or whatever is bad for you. It's probably not good for you to have all the time, which is why I don't have it that often. I see it kind of as a treat as well. Um, but, I, you know, on occasion I'll have like a, a Coke Zero or something like that. Um, but, yeah, but I do not ever drink full sugared soda or any sort of drink with sh- – no drinks with sugar in it. I don't, I don't get coffee drinks with sugar in it. So nothing with – I really pretty much avoid – on a day-to-day basis, anything with added sugar to it. If it occurs naturally, like like in fruit or whatever, um, yogurt sometimes has not not the yogurt with like the added sugar, but the natural like um, uh, sugar that that occurs in, in dairy, the, which is technically like like lactose, for example. Um, you know that's fine, but nothing with added sugar to it. So if I eat yogurt and I make sure it's yogurt that doesn't have added sugars to it. Um, I just think, uh, sugar is highly addictive and obviously comes with a whole host of negative, um, potentially negative consequences to health. So, so, you know, like being successful in your nutrition and maintaining a healthy body composition and that is not like one particular thing it's like not just diet it's not just exercise it's not just sleeping well it's not just stress management and that it's like doing all of these things well most of the time right so it's not 100% perfection no one can achieve 100% perfection nobody sleeps eight hours every night perfectly nobody eats you know perfect amount of calories and perfect amount of protein, fat, and carb ratio every day, every week, they're not getting the perfect amount of exercise in. Like those kind of standards, if you try to set them for yourself, you're destined to failure. But what you can do is have a plan that you tell tell yourself, you know, I'm going to stick with this plan at least 80% of the time. If you do it 80% of the time, you're going to be better than 99.9% of you know, other people in the United States. Okay. And you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to be healthier. You're going to live longer and have a longer health span, all those good things that come along with it. And if you're, you know, doing things well, 90 plus percent of the time, well, you'll reap even more rewards from it. But, um, heck, you know, with my clients, it's like 80, 20 rule, 80% of the time you're crushing it. 20% 20% of the time, there's a little bit of room for flex. Now, that flex doesn't mean you go completely off the wall and you pick a day a week where you just go crazy and you wake up and you have three bowls of Lucky Charms and then you have um, you go to the the pizza buffet for lunch and then you know then for dinner you go out and and um, you know have a big you know double bacon cheeseburger with a pile of fries and six beers. You know, like no, that's that's not what I'm talking about. You know, having some flex in your in your nutrition means that uh, your kid has a birthday party, uh, or your spouse has a birthday dinner or something like that. So you're going to go out and you're going to eat something you don't normally eat, and maybe have a couple of drinks and maybe a little dessert, and then the next day you you move on and get back, you know, to to eating well and that sort of thing, and 
or you've got a work meeting on a Wednesday night, you know, it's going to be at some restaurant where the options will be more limited or whatever, you know, like, and you just plan that in or it's, you know, there's a holiday coming up. Like for me, I love Thanksgiving. I love all the food. I love the desserts, everything. So I know, you know, Thanksgiving, of course, always on, uh, was it the third Thursday in November or whatever, fourth Thursday, whatever. I don't remember. Um, you know, that, that Thursday, Thanksgiving, I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to eat a lot of whatever, a little bit of everything. And I'm going to have a couple pieces of pie and I build that into my life. And the next day I'm right back on track. So anyways, you know, strive for 80% and allow a little bit of flex, um, go for the protein and produce, avoid all the, highly processed foods, the stuff full of sugar, and give some significant consideration to cutting back or even trying eliminating grains for 30 days and just see how you feel. You know, maybe you'll benefit from it, maybe you won't. You know, if you're used to having bread multiple times a day and um, whatever, like you may benefit by cutting that out because it's not that nutritious. It's adding more calories and um, it's potentially not very good for you. So um, just a thought and it works well for me. It works well for my clients. Um, It doesn't mean you can't ever have this stuff. Just be smart about it. Stick to the nutrient dense foods, the protein, the produce. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I, all I got. Um, uh, Those are the main things I avoid day to day. And hopefully you found this helpful and thanks for listening and share this if you found it beneficial and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Primal Ryan podcast. For more information, check out primalryan.com.